This is a Charles Russell Speechley's podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the next installment in Charles Russell Speechley's FinTech podcast series. I'm Jessica Arrell, a senior associate in the firm's financial services team. In my last podcast with Christina Fleming a few months ago, we were in the midst of lockdown and looking at what the COVID outbreak might mean for fintech firms. We have now moved on and we are in the process of learning how to live with the virus with the understanding that it may well be with us for the long term. In the last couple of weeks, the UK has announced air bridges that will allow us to travel again. Many of us will have enjoyed a first drink in the pub after many months and we're able to move around the country to see friends and family. However, many of us, particularly those in the financial services sector, continue to work from home. We will be looking today at themes emerging for regulated fintech firms in this post-lockdown era. We will have a look at what's coming out of the FCA and what this means for fintechs trying to make it work in this new world. I'm joined by my colleague, Jed Wilshire, who works with me in the financial services team. Hi, Jed. Hi, Jess. Nice to chat to you. You too. So, Jed, let's look back to Megan Butler's speech on the 4th of June. Yes, so Megan Butler is the Executive Director of Supervision for Investment Wholesale and Specialists at the SEA. And she delivered this speech at the Personal Investment Management and Financial Advice Association's virtual festival. The speech concerned the FCA's approach to COVID and their predictions for 2020. And the general theme was that, to quote, as the industry adapts to the long-term impact of the virus, there is a need to transition from an immediate response towards focusing on long-term impact. She also mentioned a few key areas of focus going forward for the SEA, including operational resilience in light of the virus, financial resilience, which also included the preservation of client assets and money, and acting with integrity through the crisis. Those first two points in particular were also a focus we saw coming out of the SEA's business plan, which was published earlier this year. That's right. And here, you know, what you're talking about, we see one of these emerging themes of the Financial Conduct Authority's focus right now, which is very much a preserve and protect approach. From my reading, I can really identify a number of things that the FCA seem to return to over and over again. The first is this idea of protecting vulnerable people. Second, that firms should be making sure they can maintain the regulatory capital and and finally the idea of being careful with financial and other crime issues which might arise due to working remotely or out of the crisis itself so let's look first at this idea of protecting the vulnerable jed one of the things we've seen coming out of the fca is a trend towards publications that seem to protect individuals through this period what are the types of things you've seen yeah, so we've really seen a lot of focus like that from the FCA. Um, there's been a number of publications coming out from the FCA on things that might affect consumers through the crisis, like overdraft pricing, personal loans during the virus, and publications for customers coming out of mortgage holidays. And if you look at the FCA website, you see a real focus on supporting customers through the financial issues through these times. And they're really promoting flexibility and fairness on the part of firms. To use another quote, they note that we expect firms to provide strong support and service to customers during this period. They should be clear and transparent and provide support as consumers and small businesses face challenges at this time. Our rules give firms the flexibility to act in the best interest of the customer. I've also noticed the FCA encouraging firms to provide flexibility to customers, such as allowing them to end investment products or savings accounts early without the payment of a fee. 
of course, going forward for firms, there's a concern that in treating customers with this maximum flexibility, it might also be damaging to them financially to a certain extent. And this could certainly be more of an issue for fintech startups operating at the margins. In fact, Megan Butler's speech touched on this as well, noting that failing firms might be an inevitable consequence of the current crisis, albeit she used slightly more euphemistic terms and referred to the fact that we may see firms exiting the market. That's interesting because I saw on the FCA website, actually, they were welcoming firms to take the initiative to go beyond their usual business practices, as long as this was supporting and protecting the customers. There's this idea of opening a dialogue with the FCA to discuss you know, new ideas about how they could do this. There is also the idea that people might be using online services for the first time as they do not want to go into physical bank branches. We discussed previously there is probably an opportunity for fintechs here as new customers may come to them, tempted by things like user-friendly apps. However, while fintechs may be used to dealing with the millennial client base, it could be that a lot of the new customers coming in are from a different sector, some of whom could possibly be more vulnerable, such as the elderly. Fintechs will really need to heed the advice from the FCA to focus on supporting the vulnerable and building this into their operating model. For example, the FCA has actually told firms to prioritise the vulnerable in dealing with customer complaints. Yeah, and it's going to be really important for firms to bear this in mind and what they can do to support vulnerable consumers as we move through the crisis. Uh, another point you mentioned is that one of the FCA's priorities is the maintenance of regulatory capital. Um, again, this is really angled at protecting consumers as the crisis continues. And there's a real focus on making sure firms don't go insolvent and leave customers in the lurch. The FCA will be doing everything they can to ensure that firms remain afloat. And they state on their website that we also expect firms to manage their financial resilience and actively manage their liquidity. Firms should report to us immediately if they believe that they will be in difficulty. There was also a Dear CEO letter published on the 31st of March, which confirmed that COVID government loans wouldn't be considered sufficient for regulatory capital. And moving a bit further into that theme of capital protection, there's an emphasis from the FCA at the moment on the protection of client assets and money. The FCA has been consulting during the lockdown on doing a bit more in this regard in the payments and e-money sector, which may well be relevant for our fintech clients. Fintechs operating in this space can expect to see a bit more of an emphasis on protecting the assets and money of clients who are using their services. And this was another thing that Megan Butler's speech touched on, noting that firms may see themselves holding greater quantities of uninvested client assets, which they should really look to repay as quickly as possible. That's interesting. Thanks, Chad. And let's look now at point three, the fact that the FCA has been telling firms to be extra careful during this time from a money laundering and financial crime perspective. I've read there have been an increased number of scams around the virus, and this, this of course, extends the financial services sector. This is a huge subject, and there is this idea of how to maintain a resilient operational environment that is unable to be abused by criminals while everyone is working from home. Technology plays an enormous part here. The FCA has been telling firms to prioritise IT through information security. And it seems to me there's a major opportunity for technology players involved in the financial services sector to ensure that clients' data is kept safe, criminals are not able to take advantage, and that firms are able to maintain the same level of service to their clients while working remotely. 
Interestingly, Jed, in that Dear CEO letter that you mentioned, the FCA told firms they can have some flexibility regarding client onboarding checks. One of the things they suggest is that clients submit selfies, which seems, you know, quite novel from an FCA perspective. There are also other ideas such as analysing data to triangulate evidence provided by the client and also sending things like codes to mobile phones for clients to verify their identity. Fintechs have already been using some of these practices for some time and some of the incumbent financial services practitioners could really learn from them. In my view, there's such a place for this type of flexibility in technology as long as still working within the regulations, since I found these client onboarding checks are such a terrible user experience. Yeah, and there's an interesting point to contrast against here that was in Megan Butler's speech about firms not, to use her words, cutting corners. It's really interesting to see that interplay between innovation and security. It's long been a feature of the fintech sector and other pioneering industries. Moving on from that, there's really a wider theme coming out of working remotely and what that might mean for regulated fintechs. The kind of businesses that we're seeing in the fintech sector, a lot of these businesses will already really be at the forefront of working flexibly. It's interesting to see some of the issues that might pop up for regulated fintechs who decide to work entirely remotely. One thing we haven't spoken about yet is the senior managers and certification regime. This regime was already in existence for PRA regulated firms such as banks, but the wider regime came into play for the FCA regulated firms such as investment advisors and managers on the 9th of December last year. This meant that the regime was relatively new for solar regulated fintechs when they went into lockdown. Chris Woolard, who was the FCA's interim chief executive before the recent appointment of Nick Arati, I believe said that the crisis was the first real test of SMCR. He also said that the FCA would clamp down with all relevant force if firms were to take advantage of the pandemic in breaching their SMCR obligations. However, despite that fairly hard line, the FCA are acknowledging that there are difficulties for firms at this time and the deadline for solo regulated firms to undertake their first assessment of the fitness and propriety of their certified persons has been moved from the 9th of December this year until the 31st of March 2021. And the FCA is also consulting on the delay of certain other elements of the regime as well, as I understand it. Yes, you have seen the FCA trying to give firms some flexibility here. In terms of other publications, I've seen they specified they don't need firms to have a single senior manager responsible for the coronavirus response. Instead, each senior manager appointed is responsible for dealing with the risks as they arise in their areas of responsibility. Firms have also been told they don't need to submit updated statements of responsibility to the FCA, provided that any changes are temporary. However, I think now we're in this sort of idea that we're living with this virus for a long time, it might be that firms need to update and rewrite these. I can see it must be challenging for individuals in senior manager positions during the pandemic. Those with oversight of certain business lines and prescribed responsibilities could be finding it difficult without day-to-day contact if there is substandard technology in place. There's again this idea of technology and regulation and how firms that have invested in their technology will be finding this period so much easier. Yes, and there's so much to keep up with at the best of times, let alone in a a changing environment like the the COVID-19 crisis. So we're seeing that technology is absolutely vital for compliance. The individuals allocated the compliance oversight and the money laundering reporting officer functions will really need excellent access to technology and data to make sure that they're complying with their senior managers' responsibilities. 
It's also interesting to think about how firms might be dealing with the absence of key staff. There's this enhanced risk that senior individuals could be taking prolonged periods off sick with the virus, or their ability to work might be affected by something like quarantining or lockdown or caring for loved ones. And continuity procedures will need to be put in place to deal with this. On this note, there's also been changed to the 12-week rule. It was initially the rule that a senior manager could be absent for 12 weeks with a firm appointing someone to cover the role without obtaining approval for the FCA. It's now possible to extend this period up to 36 weeks by notifying the FCA. Yeah, continuing on with that idea of giving firms flexibility, and I, I do wonder how long it will, will last. Moving away from the senior managers regime, I thought we could tie up the podcast discussing another speech, one delivered by Norsica Delfas, who is the director of the FCA's international division, as I understand it. And she gave the speech at the city and financial professional virtual roundtables at the beginning of July. The FCA published her speech on their website. I feel as though when we compare this to Megan Butler's speech back in the dark days of lockdown, this speech is a bit more hopeful where we're planning for the future. She talks about how we are now moving from crisis response to supporting economic recovery. And there are a few key themes that she identifies emerging post COVID lockdown. The first theme is this idea that we've spoken about a lot, which is the value of technology. She identifies that technology may increase the availability of things like mass market financial advice and might well reduce the need for manual processes in businesses. She highlights the fact that the FCA are committed to supporting innovation that works for the wider market, including vulnerable consumers, again, and, and smaller firms. The second key theme she mentions is this idea of sustainable finance remaining key and the fact that really the pandemic has elevated social considerations. So the idea that this social impact investing might uh, become more of a thing as we as we move forward. And finally, this idea of non-bank lenders and how important they are, the fact that they will be critical to promoting growth and recovery from the pandemic. She also mentions that it's important to have a vibrant market and this should be considered alongside the potential risks. Yeah, and it'll be really interesting to see if these remain to be key themes for the FCA going forward. We've already spoken quite a bit, as you mentioned, about technology and how crucial it is for financial services businesses going forward. Another interesting topic there was that the non-bank lenders and the role they might have in supporting the recovery. It seems as though the FCA is saying it will take a bit more of a relaxed approach to these types of businesses. They're not regulated at the minute, falling outside of the consumer lending space. And it's perhaps this side of non-bank lending that the FCA wishes to encourage. There's a lot of private capital that could be put to really good use in helping out struggling businesses where incumbent banks and government schemes maybe aren't able to lend. And there are a lot of fintechs in this space already. You can really see this area growing in the coming years. Yeah, I definitely can. I also like the idea of social impact investing becoming more of a focus for the FCA. This idea you can gain a small return on your investment, but also be doing good for the wider community is definitely an interesting one. I've already seen some investment managers following this approach, but I can really see it taking off more in the fintech space. Well, we've come to the end of the podcast for now. Jed, have you got anything to add? No, I think that's quite a good summary of the main issues that are facing fintech firms at the moment coming out of the crisis. But it'll be really interesting to explore a few of these in uh, some of the coming podcasts, hopefully. Yes, I agree. Thank you. So that brings us to the end of our discussion for today. Thanks for listening. This is a Charles Russell Speechlease podcast. 